1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So Joe Biden's off to Scotland, Glasgow, World uh, Climate Conference probably not uh leaving a carbon footprint on his way over there i don't know (laughs) i don't care really uh but he said something at the podium today that that really resonates and it resonates with everybody it doesn't just resonate with leftists it resonates with average everyday americans blue collar americans kind of americans my parents were grew up both my parents worked in factories both my parents I would say we were a family that benefited from their membership in unions. I'm not anti-union. I'm anti what unions have become. I was in the union a while. I was in the Teamsters Union as a member of the uh, Cleveland Plane Dealer you know, Guild. Everybody belongs to the Teamsters Union at the Plain Dealer because why would you go to work if the Teamsters aren't working? If the Teamsters aren't working, the papers aren't getting delivered. If the papers aren't getting delivered, why would you write for the paper? So everybody was in the Teamsters Union, and we paid our union dues and once the Teamsters settled, all the other unions at the paper settled. So I'm not anti-union, but I'm anti what unions have become. Because you have to understand that the guy who has all the money or the corporate, corporate board that has all the money has to exist for you to exist. So when Joe Biden gets up there and he says, oh, you know, I just, uh, I'm not trying to raise your taxes. I'm just, I just want them to pay their fair share, pay their fair share, pay their fair share. He said it three times today. I've tried to find the audio, but it's just too creepy. And then he says the top 55 corporations paid zero income tax. So I went to uh, the internet to see if that's true. Well, first of all, I Googled it, so I'm not really sure it's true. I probably should have gone to DuckDuckGo, but the fact of the matter is, it is quite likely true that 40-something billion dollars in income they paid no tax on. Now, why would that be? Are they evil, terrible, awful people out to screw the little guy and make you pay? Well, sure, obviously that's how Joe Biden sees it. That's how you see it. But it's interesting to me that I thought, well, if that's true... Is that a recent phenomenon? And I found out something very shocking. You'll be able to find this yourself if you Google it. But uh, from 2008 to 2015, uh, there were America's 18 most profitable companies over that eight year period. That also paid no income tax. Now, can anybody refresh my memory? Who was president from 2008 to 2015? Or who was vice president during those years? Oh, that's right. That's right. It was Barack Obama president and Joe Biden. Well, maybe they got that under control, you know, 2008 to 2015. Maybe, you know, late in their presidency, maybe they cut that number way down. I found another story from USA Today, dateline March 7, 2016, Mm. a month and a half into Trump's term. And here's the lead. Death and taxes are supposed to be two certainties of life, but a few companies have at least escaped the taxes part. There are 27 companies in the Standard & Poor's 500, including, it lists a bunch of big companies, GM. And others that reported paying no income tax in 2015, the last year of the Obama Biden presidency, despite reporting pre tax profits, according to USA Today analysis. Now, so right there at the end of their term as president and vice president, the number didn't go down. It went up from 18 companies that didn't pay any taxes for all eight years that Biden and Obama were in office to 27 companies, most profitable companies that didn't pay taxes in there last year. So how does that work? How did how do we stop that or should we stop that? Should you want that stopped? Well, I think, you know, my answer to that would be sure. We should want that stopped. But is it feasible to stop that? No it is not, and I will tell you why. How many government entities do you know of? Now think hard. You have your local municipality. If you live out in the country, you have a township. You may have a city council. You have county commissioners. You have state government. You have federal government. And all of those different governments have the capacity, and I would say the desire, to attract businesses to their local communities, right? Yeah. And why is that? Why do they want those evil, no-tax-paying corporations to come into their local areas? Because they're out to screw you, the average blue-collar, hard-working American who just wants to get ahead? And No, I don't think so. I think the reason they want them to come in is because those corporations bring, well, they bring a four-letter word with them. J-O-B-S. They bring jobs. And what happens when a corporation comes and brings jobs? Ah, that's right. People go to work. And what happens when people go to work? They get paid. And what happens when they get paid? Oh, they can buy houses and cars and TVs and dinners and all kinds of things. And where do they buy most of those things? Right there in the local community. And who benefits from that? Well, whoever's selling the houses, whoever's selling the cars, whoever's selling the dinners at their restaurant and the goods at the store and the gas at the gas station. There are local businesses and the money generates all throughout that economy and it flows throughout that economy. And so that job that that evil, no taxpaying corporation brought to that community, brought that four letter word jobs and the local people went and filled those jobs the community started to prosper because that corporation came in. Now, why did that corporation come in? Is that the only place that corporation could have made widgets or cars or cut lumber or whatever that corporation does? Is that the only place they could? Could they have only done that in Columbus, Ohio? No, they could have done that in Chillicothe, Ohio. They could have done that in Coshocton, Ohio. They could have done that in New Bremen, Ohio. They could have done that in... Clarksville, Tennessee. They could have done. And now, why would they decide to do it in Columbus, Ohio? Because they came in and they met with either the Franklin County Commissioners or Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther or somebody, and that person said, Hey, uh, really love to have your factory here. How about if in exchange for you? building your factory here and bringing those (laughs) four-letter word jobs here and making everybody's life here better because they're going to get paid by you. How about if we make it a little bit easier for you to come in here and build your factory, buy the land, and invest the capital to bring those jobs here? How about if we give you what we call a (sighs) tax abatement? which is a fancy way of saying for a while, maybe sometime for a long while, you won't have to pay taxes. We'll credit you with, I don't know, what's it going to take, Mr. Businessman? Is it going to take $5 million a year in tax abatements? Is it going to take $10 million a year in tax abatements? Is it going to take $100 million a year in tax abatements? And you will find that down throughout history, American communities and American government entities elected Coincidentally, by those people who get the jobs, that make the money, that drive the local economy, that enlarge prosperity all throughout the community, well, those companies tend to locate where the tax abatements are the best. They do. Now, what happens if you play hardball as a government entity? And you decide not to give those tax abatements. Well, why don't you ask Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez about that? Remember a year or so ago when Amazon... And we were one of the cities that was begging, pleading, hoping, against hope that we'd get this humongous Amazon development. Columbus. Oh, it was just so excited to be among... Like, the the 25 finalists for it. But, alas, we didn't win. New York City won. Access to shipping and access to labor and all that probably made a difference. Amazon was going to build in New York City. Until they weren't. Until they changed their mind. And why did they change their mind? Oh, because AOC decided that it was evil that a corporation would come in and be given a tax abatement. We're not going to stand for that here in New York City and the surrounding metropolitan area. Big win for AOC. Big win for the progressives. Not such a big win for the people who would like to have worked at Amazon, who would like to maybe be able to send their kids to a private school where their kids wouldn't be masked, or who'd like to be able to maybe afford gas price increases that are crippling their budget right now, or be able to buy food or be able to put food on the table. Not such a good deal for them, but AOC, hey, she took that victory lap because she kept that evil corporation out of there, and we're not going to have any of those corporations in New York coming in and bringing those four-letter jobs here. That's why corporations don't pay taxes. You can hold the line and say, yeah, we're going to make them pay. We're going to make them pay. We're going to make them pay. Make them pay. Make them pay. Good. You do that. How long do you think it'll take them to relocate their business somewhere else? Maybe outside this country? How do you think our manufacturing wound up in China? How do you think we're now sitting around waiting for our shelves to be filled with goods that sit in a shipping container in the harbor in Los Angeles, having been shipped from Asia because those goods weren't made here. Why do you think that happened? Probably because during some Democratic administration, some small-minded politician decided that it was a great political talking point to make political hay off the fact that he was going to expose the evil of corporations who wouldn't pay taxes on their income. And so those companies said, okay, we'll go find another place on earth where we can build our factory and make our goods cheaper and still be ahead when we ship them over to the United States. And, you know, if they don't arrive on time and the shelves are bare, (laughs) I'll deal with it, brother. Remember how many corporations came back to the U.S. when Donald Trump cut corporate taxes? Remember what happened to the economy pre-COVID, how it exploded and black unemployment was at a record level low and Hispanic unemployment was at a record level low and everybody was prosperous and everybody was happy and things were fantastic? That wasn't because he raised corporate income taxes, it was because he lowered corporate income taxes and because he made it economically viable for companies to come back to the United States of America. You like it better now? Or did you like it better then? Pay your fair share. Great political talking point. It also happens to be a stupid political talking point. The Baseball World Series is all locked up. One game apiece. The uh, Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. They head to Atlanta for Game uh, 3 of the World Series. Uh, That will be on Friday night. Game 4 will be Saturday night. Now, I know Saturday night a lot of you will be locked in on the Ohio State-Penn State football game. No, your eyes aren't bloodshot. Those really will be all red uniforms the Ohio State Buckeyes are wearing. Uh, by the way, I've not seen the online rendering of such uniforms. Aaron, have you seen a, a pictorial presentation I have not. of the blood-red Ohio State uniforms?
0: No. And
1: it's just my little view on this. I'm a traditionalist. I think Ohio State has one of the classiest uniforms in college football history. I vote no on the alternate uniforms. Some of them have been okay. Some of them, is, I like the throwback ones to like the 50s and stuff like that. I hate these now that are just... Not even close to anything Ohio State's ever worn or should wear. And it's odd to me that they always wear them, almost always, against Penn State. And they always try to do, Saturday they're trying to do something called a scarlet out. Which, if you're going to do that, like, and directly copy it from Penn State's white out, maybe do it when you're not playing Penn State. But while that game is going on, Game 4 of the World Series will also be going on. So you may want to tune over to Game 4 of the World Series. Because I, here's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, those are hideous. Aaron just showed me a picture of the uniforms. I fear they're going to have a red helmet. Now, they say they don't have a red helmet, but I wouldn't put it past them to have a red helmet. At any rate, game four of the World Series is also Saturday night, eight I'm going to make a prediction here. Not about who's going to win. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one winner and a loser, but it won't be the Astros or the Braves. The winner of game four of the World Series is going to be Donald J. Trump, and the loser of game four of the World Series is going to be Uh, Joseph R. Biden, or or Brandon, as the case were. Because I think the chances are extremely good. In fact, I would say they are overwhelmingly good that at some point in Game 4 of the World Series on Saturday night in Atlanta, a Let's Go Brandon chant is going to break out. Now, I think that is so obviously positively going to happen that what I would like to know is, Aaron Light, when the Let's Go Brandon chant breaks out Saturday night in Atlanta Stadium and Donald Trump is there, what should Donald Trump do during the Let's Go Brandon chant? Should he act like a concert maestro as if he's directing said chant? Should he sit there and smirk and smile? Should he join in? Or should he act like he has no – like the NBC reporter who started this whole thing with, let's go, Brandon. Should he act like he has no idea that's going on around him and he's completely impervious to it?
0: Well, I I think what he will do is either laugh about it or, yeah, turn around, talk to somebody when the camera's on him. You know, just act
1: like you're not hearing it. One of those two. But what he may do as well is – I'm thinking maybe he'll give like a little finger – Yeah. Finger uh, kind of going with the beat of it a little bit. I think he will do that, or I think we'll be able to distinctly read his lips saying, Let's go, Brandon. (laughs) Wouldn't surprise me a bit. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. Now, this does not surprise me either. Uh, McDonald's is raising prices on its menu in an effort to offset wage increases and supply costs. Wait a minute. A U.S. corporation is raising prices on its consumers to offset rising costs? I thought Jen Saki told me that would not happen. They say, according to, if I've read the chart correctly, more than 16% of taxpayers would see their taxes increase under the, the, the bill that's approved by the House Ways and Means Committee. Will the president sign that bill if, as it is, is coming out of that committee, or will he insist on the changes so that he will maintain his commitment that taxes won't go up on people making $400,000 a year? I have not looked at the uh, document or the report that you have put out. Obviously, the president's or that you have referenced, I should say, that the Republicans put out. Uh, obviously, the President's commitment remains not raising taxes for anyone uh, making less than $400,000 a year. There are some, and I'm not sure if this is the case in this report, who argue that in the past, ha- companies have passed on these costs to consumers. I'm not sure if that's the argument being made in this report. We feel that that's unfair and absurd, and the American people would not stand for that. But I will take a closer look at this report and get you a more substantive response. Go ahead, Jackie. Well, she says the American consumer won't stand for it. So when I go to McDonald's, what am I supposed to do now that the prices are going up? Am I supposed to, uh, what am I allowed to do? Do Do I refuse to pay? I don't think that'll go well. I don't think I'll drive away with my food.